Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Uh, today's show is going to be nothing less than lit. If you don't follow me on Instagram or Facebook, I maybe now's a good time. You know, why not? Would love to have you on there. I am that guy Kramer on Instagram, or I am Steve Kramer on Facebook. I posted a picture of me in a sombrero and a poncho. It's like the, the blanket. You know what I'm talking about? Just Google it. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I, I posted for Cinco de Mayo, and the messages that I got in response were so angry. And I want to have a pretty serious conversation about that. Like, can white people still want, wear sombreros in 2020? Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy podcast, everybody. Uh, my name is Steve Kramer, and I do this podcast with my mom because the words that she has really have changed my life. I think they can for you as well. And we start every single show by talking to her. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. Okay, so on Thursday, we said we would do a Throwback Thursday with stories about my mom because we, a few weeks ago, found out that she ended up going to Studio, the Notorious Studio 54 when she was younger, <laughs> which is very off-brand. For Nancy Yancey, but I was like, I'm sure there are more stories that you have growing up that were uh, a little off brand. We'll leave it at that. Um, so I asked you to find a story for this week, a, a throwback Thursday with with Nancy Yancey. So what you got? Okay, so this one's a little bit different. So when I first started dating your dad, I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I had wow, been dating. so young. I know, so young, how old, right? How old was he? Twenty-two. Jeez, so okay. he was he was a much older man for me, right? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so it was new. We started dating in November because we got married exactly a year from the date that we met. So um, we started dating in November, and that dis, uh, that January, New Year's Eve. He wanted to take me out for New Year's Eve. And so we went to the Polaris restaurant, which I don't know if you even know about. It's still there. It's on top of the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta, and it rotates. So that Oh, you get, yeah. I don't think I ever knew the name of it. So just picture it. It's like, yeah, this rotating restaurant on top of this tall building up in over in Atlanta. Correct. So that you get a full view of the skyline, right? Right. Um, and so that's where he took me for New Year's Eve. Well, I didn't drink very much. But I didn't want him to know that I was only 18. So I got in okay. Wait, did he not know you were 18? No. I don't think How we talked. I don't know that we talked about it. Wait, 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 wait. This is, there's some <laughs> discrepancies in this story. <laughs> well, I was working. I mean, I was working. How long have you been dating at this point? Just a month. Oh, Just okay. a month. And, and you never said, like, how old are you? No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or did you lie to him about how old you were? I don't. Did you know how old I was when we started dating? Did you know that I was 18? No. A month into it? Had no earthly idea. <laughs> I thought you were at least 22. I was 24. No, you were 22. Oh, when we were dating. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got By the time you got married, you knew how, how old each other yeah. were. But yeah. so... Why did nobody ask the question of like, how old are you? I feel like that's a pretty early on question. Even like when I start dating somebody, I'm like, so how old are you? So why didn't we never talk about how old we were when we had dated only a month? Did I lie to you and say I was 21 when we went to the Polaris? Or did you just think I was 21 and we went? Honey, 
That was 70 years ago. No, <laughs> no, it was not 70 years 50 ago. 50 years ago. <laughs> But, uh, I just think it's but, weird that nobody I'm knows how the old come person up with is. It. it takes a while to get to that part of my brain. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you did know how that no, was. And because, I just said, let's go to the players. I assume you could, or you would have said something. Right. There you go. Now you got it. Now you got it. So he okay, assumed so that I was 21 okay, because he right. asked me to go to the Polaris and it was New Year's Eve. And of course, it would be drinking. Right? Yeah. I get all dressed up. Oh my God, I just remember what I wore. Oh, I remember too. Oh, it was like was an it? old it was like an old hippie type yeah. granny style type long dress. Okay. Uh, navy blue. Navy blue. Because I was kind of hippie ish then. You were. Right? You, I she I was. was. Hippie. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> um, compared to a conservative banker, right? Okay. All right. So we go and we get there and thankfully no one asked for ID at the door and wait a minute, wait a minute. What did I have on? Did I have on that navy suit with a red shirt and a white tie? <laughs> oh God. Probably. <laughs> okay. The outfits aren't as important to the story. The, it's fine. The outfits aren't that important, he says. Okay. So <laughs> So we go there and we order a drink and I order bourbon and Coke. I haven't drank a whole lot. I did mm-hmm. smoke a little weed. Oh my God. You know, when I, when I was <laughs> like a senior in high school because I dated a guy in a band and all that. So Which, we'll save that story weed, for next week. I, I'm, yeah. I got questions about that too. <laughs> Many and questions. You know everybody in the world's going to hear this. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> It was 60 no, years ago. I have okay. no shame. It was 60 years ago. It doesn't matter. It was 50 years ago. Whatever. Yeah, most, most okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, so, so we're there, and I ordered a bourbon and Coke, and that was fine. It went down smooth. I'm good. And then I had another. And then I had another. And I think we're dancing. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's having a good time. It's right before midnight. And then I guess I'm on my third drink, and all of a sudden, the world starts whirling around, and I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. And I got really sick, and I turned around to go to the restroom to throw up, and the minute I turned around, I mean, I just heaved, and this guy, (laughs) this guy had his back to me and he goes what the shit was that <laughs> that doesn't even make sense i've never heard someone say what the shit <laughs> oh, oh god i threw up all over his back and so we really literally started running for the exit <laughs> Before this guy realized what had happened, shot us or something. Oh, my God. What did Dad think? Ask Dad what he thought when that was happening. Was he embarrassed? What did you think when that was happening, honey? I heard somebody somebody scream, oh, my God, this guy. Oh, shit. I I saw you turn. I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Here we are in this swanky restaurant, me with my... Best looking suit and tie, <laughs> and uh, dating this young chick that I thought was at least 21, 22. 
<laughs> and uh, and oh, I boy. couldn't believe it. She threw up all over his man. <laughs> and, and oh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with her. I didn't know we. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And this thing was spinning around now, remember? And she was laying against this wall, I guess, by now. <laughs> she was drunk and laying against the oh, wall. Lord. And Oh, God, I was afraid the police are going to come. <laughs> so I don't know how we got out of there. I, just, I guess I just freaked out. And I didn't know what to do. But somehow we, I got my uh, thoughts together and got Nancy out of there. I don't even think mm-hmm. I paid the bill. Well... Here you are to tell the tale. This this many years later, mm-hmm. time my mom threw up on another guy, even though you guys had no idea how old uh-huh. the other one was. That is so. That's the honestly. That's the 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 worst part of the story is that nobody knew how old the other one. He could have been fifteen. He didn't even ask the question. You know. Well, he knew that I was working. He knew that I was out of high school. He knew I had a job because that's how we met. Well, there they are. Throwback thank Thursday. You. Tell Dad, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for being a part. He says. He's gone. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. We got a we got a crazy busy show today. Um, we uh we need to talk about the Alchemist though. That's the book that we're reading right now, and it's going to be a complete change of pace uh, from what we've been talking about the last ten minutes or so. Um, so in case you're new this week, uh, we're re- we're, my mom is reading the book, The Alchemist. I just finished listening to it uh, yesterday, and we said there's a lot of wisdom in this book. I hope that you will pick it up if you're looking for a good book to read and need some motivation on like, where you're going in your life. It's like told in a story sense, but there's a lot of like nuggets in there that we can talk about and kind of share. All right, Mom, what you got for today? Okay. So this paragraph is about when he's in the desert with the camel driver. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're concerned about their being uh, – a threat of war. The camel driver, though, seemed not to be very concerned with the threat of war. I'm alive, he said to the boy, as they ate a bunch of dates one night with no fires and no moon. When I'm eating, that's all I think about. If I'm on the march, I just concentrate on marching. If I have to fight, it will be just as good a day to die as any other. Because I don't live in either my past or my future, I'm interested only in the present. If you can concentrate always on the present, you'll be a happy man. You'll see that there is life in the desert, that there are star- excuse me, that there are stars in the heavens, and that tribesmen fight because they are part of the human race. Life will be a party for you, a grand festival, because life is the moment we're living right now. I uh, know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is all we've got. This is it. This moment. I have all skills. I wish I had. There's a few. I wish I could play guitar. Um, I wish that I could cook. Um, but all things I wish I could do. I wish I could just stay in the moment. People that don't have anxiety. I really. I wish that you could just wish we could just change roles for one day. So that everyone that doesn't have anxiety could have a better comprehension. You don't have anxiety. You do you? Like I, I can't think of one no. time you've been like anxious. No, I don't. Have you I ever been very like, like anxious about anything? Not that I really remember. God, no. I see my dad's so anxious though. Like that's mm-hmm. we get all that from his side. Um 
like I there's so many things in childhood thinking about like anxiety. Like mm-hmm. going to the airport today still gives me anxiety because every time we would go to the airport as a family, my dad would have to be there two hours early and we'd stress <laughs> the whole entire time. I think that's my first time I knew what anxiety felt like when I went to the airport. That was like the first time I was like, oh, what's this feeling? I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that really is, and we talked about the power of now and the moment, you know, anything about staying in the moment, how powerful that can be, but can be one of literally one of the hardest tasks you can do. But you really mm-hmm. don't have a problem with that. You really just stay in the moment. You don't really stress about the future and you don't really worry about the past. I don't. I don't. I think it's, I don't, well, I don't know that it has anything to do with how you're brought up, but my parents were really very laid back too. Yeah. So, you know, we were just kind of always present to each other. Right. Um, not anxious about anything or worried or, you know, my parents went bankrupt one time and I didn't even understand the magnitude of that. They um, just didn't even care? They were just like, whatever, it's fine? No, no, no. I'm sure they cared and I'm sure they were worried, but. It, they didn't impose it on us as kids, right? They just took care of it. They were calm about it. And um, it took about a year and they overcame it. Um, I'm so curious. I would love to talk to somebody that knows more about anxiety with like, is it a natural born issue or is it something that you are – brought up in like is it nature or nurture right mm, i don't and mm-hmm. i don't know the answer i don't have done enough research on it to know if it's nature yeah. or nurture yeah um, nor do I. so i i don't i'm not sure uh but i really envy anybody that can literally stay in the moment and that's really the practice of any kind of meditation or mindfulness it's really truly staying in the moment like when people tell you to go meditate, it's because you're literally in this moment. Like you're not in the future. You're not in the past. Mm-hmm. You're just watching your breath in this exact moment. You could not be more in the moment than you are when you meditate, right? That's right. So, uh, but I, yeah, trust me. I wish, I wish I had that skill. I wish I had that ability. Me and my sister and probably my brother too. Mm-hmm. He's not as bad, but me and my sister are just, ooh. So we'll keep reading The Alchemist this week, and um, we get one more day of it tomorrow. You think you can finish it by tomorrow or no? How, what page are you on? Oh, I haven't read much since yesterday. I'm still, I'm still on page 90-something, but yes, I probably can. Let's do it. Let's close the week out with that. Okay, that sounds good. Um, on Thursdays, though, we do a segment called Ask My Mom, which is you can write in your questions. You know, sometimes it's kind of nice to get a, an opinion from someone you don't know because sometimes your friends or your family are too close to it. And uh, this one, this is interesting. And I think that you and I may have different perspectives on this, Mom, because being out of work, if I could do something to maybe be in work, I might actually do it. Uh, here is the Instagram message. Kramer and mom, I love your podcast so much. I was so sad when you left 933, but I've been listening to the podcast every day. Well, almost every day. Ha ha. Uh, I want to do a question for your Ask My Mom segment. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to say where I work, but like many places, my job is either laid off or furloughed a lot of people. I was full-time hourly, but with all the changes, they moved me down to 30 hours a week, but still benefits. It's been a struggle. Where I need someone other than my family's opinion is this. They are still asking me to do 40 plus hours of work a week, but only going to pay me for 30 hours. They said that they don't see this changing until September at the earliest, maybe even going into 2021. My manager told me that just to keep 
the extra work between us. He says, you're just lucky to have a job and should be thankful. But I don't think it's fair, and I'm having to pull out of my, a little bit of my savings every month to get by. But the last thing I want to do is get fired and lose my benefits. What should I do? Should I just be thankful, or should I complain to the president of the company? Oof. Hmm. Love you both forever. Well, what she says is, but I don't think it's fair, and I'm having to pull out my little bit of savings every month to get by. Right. Not not a little bit, but her little bit of savings. So that's a right. little bit different. Um, okay. You know, I agree that she should be thankful she has a job. I think it's wrong that she's not being paid for what she does because this is a hard time for all of us. And um, you should be paid for what you do. If they want to pay you for 30 hours, they should only give you 30 hours of work. Um, So I would probably go to the next level, whatever that is, and say, hey, this is a really hard time for me. Um, I love what I do. I love my company. I I think I do a good job. I hope that's true. Um, But... My family and I are having a really hard time too. So I would appreciate it if you could just help me out. I don't know because radio is such a tough business. Uh, it's cutthroat. You can't complain about anything or they'll literally just like slice you at the knees and that's it. Um, so my opinion is going to be obviously a little bit different than yours, but I really would like to hear your opinion too. 888 uh, Kramer 8, K R A M E R 8. Like, would you just work the extra hours and not say anything just so you don't have to rock the boat? Or would you, maybe you're having to do that. Some people have to do that, right? Mm, that's a lot of people. So. Yeah, a lot of people. In ra- Listen, coming up in radio, especially when I first started, I was only paid, it may have been 30 hours, maybe 20 hours. It was part time, but I can't remember if it was. Uh, it doesn't matter. But I remember, I, w- I mean, there'd be so many hours that I would just not clock in where they're like, just don't clock in, you know, like, come on. And then mm-hmm. if you if you say anything about it, they're like, oh, well, you're not a team player. And I, 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 honestly, I almost think it's part of the hustle. I think mm-hmm. it's like who is willing to put in the most amount of time to get ahead. I mean, for years, I don't know that I'd be where I was today mm-hmm. if I didn't put in those extra hours that I wasn't paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what do I think is the right, the legal thing to do Hmm. isn't always what I think is the right thing to do. And in this kind of situation, I mean, listen, we don't know how this ends. We don't know when the next round of cuts come. And I just would hate for you to be somebody that's even got, uh, you know, a strike against them in a situation where they've got to make cuts. You -hmm. know, I think that was part of my problem at channel 933. Mm hmm. Is yeah. that you just, when, when cuts come, you don't want to be the person that has a strike against you, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, um, but you I mean, don't know, but you don't know if that was a strike against you. You don't know that. No, I don't, don't know, know that it was. That. No. But, and, and it as, could, again, that could, that could be in my head completely, but mm-hmm. I just, I worry about, about you putting yourself, making yourself vulnerable for a situation where, yeah, they may not say, oh, well, this is the reason why you're getting let go is because this, but if you're already got a bad standing, I mean, mom, you ran a, you ran a group for 25, 24 years. Right. I mean, did you ever have to make a cut and choose a person that was, you know, based on their merit more than like the actual, uh, anything else, like the way they acted versus, 
maybe mm. another reason of why you had to get rid of people, a budget cut or whatever? Hmm. I don't know that I did, but you know the nonprofit world is usually kinder and gentler than mm. corporate America. I mean, I just have we to work say in, that. We work in two different, uh, two different realms. We Radio do. is probably the, one of the mo- more brutal, and, and nonprofit transitional housing is probably a little softer, <laughs> I'd imagine. It is. And, and before that, you know, I, I, well, during that time, I mean, I worked for a church. You know, right. so, uh, I mean, so a lot of ours was always what's in the best interest. It's more humanitarian than it is ours, our pay. And I was blessed that, you know, Jim made enough money that we didn't have to live on my income, not ever. Um, so that gave me some flexibility that it sounds like this person may not have. And So you would go and complain. You Your, your final consensus is I'm going to go complain. I think I would. I think I would just say my family and I are having hard times too. I just think you do the right thing. I think you ask people to work a certain amount of hours and you pay them for what you get. I I just think in the corporate sense, because it sounds like if you are full-time hours but not salaried, you're probably still on the come up, I'd have to assume. You're probably still in a lower position to where you could go higher. You obviously have a manager and there's a few layers ahead of you. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what's the right answer and then what's like the real world answer. I don't think I'd say anything. It's, I mean, who knows? I mean, this, this can only last so much longer. Everyone's having to take cuts and do weird things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 888-Kramer8. 888-K-R-A-M-E-R. Take a second, pause the podcast and give, uh, give us a call. And like, maybe there's some people that had to do that. Maybe I, I don't know if radio is the only world where you have to like hustle and like just kind of do some things off the clock no, to make it like work. I doubt that. I seriously but, doubt um, that. We'll have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tough well, choices. Tough choices. For today? I think so. I wish okay. her the best. Well, if you've got a question for Ask My Mom, we'd love to hear your dilemma. So you can uh, always email me. Actually, let's just leave an email form. Now, a lot of people DM me. Email me at thatguykramer at gmail.com, or you can always send me a DM at thatguykramer on Instagram. All right. Um, tomorrow, Mom, I was thinking about maybe doing something with my sister, like a dramatic off of like, kind of like last week where we, she told her chainsaw <laughs> story, and I told my cat aid story, and then we uh-huh. kind of debated up whose was crazier. Okay. Um, I'm going to see if maybe we can do that tomorrow because that was kind of funny. But that's it. I got to go handle some racial relations on this show. Oh, dear. Okay. I wish you well. Well, thank you. All right. I love Love you. you. I love you forever. Okay. Yeah. So I got uh, some pretty nasty messages on Instagram because I was wearing a sombrero and a poncho and I really want your calls and we got plenty of them to get through. Like, is it inappropriate in 2020 for a white dude to be wearing that on Cinco de Mayo next on the certified mama's boy podcast? Okay. Before we get into this discussion about should white, can white people wear sombreros and ponchos, you know, those little blankets uh, on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I want to tell you that this week and maybe every week, we'll see how it goes. There's, there's so much time, uh, so much content that uh, can be produced in a week. And sometimes it just doesn't all fit into the episodes just right. Uh, And sometimes things are just so good. I think they kind of deserve their own episode. And that's why starting today, I'm releasing what I'm calling a, more Mama's Boy podcast. And I'd like to do one a week, but we'll see how it goes. It just depends on how the week's going. 
But more Mama's Boy podcast is where I basically spend a whole nother episode, and maybe who knows how long, uh, on a separate topic. But I don't cut it down as much. You kind of get a full like you know spectrum of what what it's like without cramming it in. So our very first more Mama's Boy podcast this week is with Sarah Jane Case, who is an author and she is a podcaster. And she also, a lot of people are probably going to know her from Instagram. She's got over 500,000 followers on her Enneagrams and Coffee Instagram page. And if you don't know anything about Enneagrams, uh, they're basically this number that you can use to help kind of guide the direction of of who you are. It's almost like a Myers-Briggs test, if you will. Uh, Here is uh, just a little taste with Sarah Jane and her explaining exactly what Enneagrams are. I think the simplest way to describe it is the Enneagram is information about who we think we have to be in order to be loved, accepted, safe, okay. Um, So it's nine distinct types, and you've heard it described as numbers, like one through nine. Um, And each one has a different basic fear, a different motivation, and those are kind of the worldview. So it's kind of the lens we've viewed the world through our whole lives, and we didn't realize that everyone else didn't think they had to be this thing that we think we have to be. So check that interview out. It is available now and the more it should be like literally right above this one. So it's the more mama's boy podcast for today with Sarah Jane case. All right, let's get into the drama that was my Instagram page yesterday. Okay. I want to start by saying it's hard to be a white man. I'm just kidding. It's really easy to be a white man, but it's uh, it's actually really hard to be a white man when it comes to offending other races because I feel like right now things are at an all-time high. And you may be new to me. You may not know me that well. I know a lot of people came over from the Upside podcast or maybe you just stumbled upon this podcast and you don't know me that well. I I I try I genuinely try to consider myself to be a pretty open-minded and quote unquote woke person. I'm a a huge feminist. Uh, I always seem to root for the underdog. Like I want women to excel. I want minorities to excel. Um, I do think there is such thing as a white privilege that I have been given because I am white and. Um, you know, when you look at, it, at any industry, most of the higher ups are white men. And I, I understand that. I understand that definitely is there and it definitely exists. And I don't like it, but I understand that I am privileged by living in America and being a white person. I'm already like already blessed in so many different ways just because of my skin color, which is messed up. OK, I got it. I do. Truly. So let me take you back to the drama that was yesterday because I right now I'm struggling because I'm actively applying to for different radio jobs, right? And I'm up for a couple different radio jobs. And so I have to k- kind of stay at the forefront of social media. Uh, the problem is, though, I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel like being funny and silly and goofy all the time. So what I've been doing a lot of, plus I just look like shit because I haven't cut my hair in so long. Um, and I'm, uh, so I am posting a lot of old pictures as new pictures, right? Kind of repurposing them as, as as you will. So what I did yesterday for Cinco de Mayo, because I wanted to be topical, was I took a picture that I posted a few years ago, which was me in a sombrero, 
and in a um, uh, uh, poncho, which are those Mexican blankets that you that you wear or they wear traditionally in Mexico, which I think are actually Brazilian. Don't hold me to that. Somebody messaged me and said they're not actually even Mexican to start with. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, so this is a picture for 2017. I've reposted it yesterday, and I was surprised with how many people came at me uh, that didn't come at me in 2017. When I posted in 2017, there wasn't really much of an uproar. I want to read you just one of these messages that I got uh, because I put on social media after I got a, a couple of different comments saying, like, you're appropriating our culture. Um, I uh, got a message that said, this is why... And, Parents, be careful here. There's going to be cuss words. I want to read this just like it's written. It says, this is why I don't fucking like you. Never sensitive to anyone but yourself. Uh, if, you, if you're if you not Mexican, don't wear it. Are you Mexican? No. Then take it off, asshole. <laughs> Woo. Mercy. Um, I, in, uh, probably in the last few years before I got divorced, my wife was really big on cultural appropriation. And I, let me actually give you an exact definition of that. So we, we're all on the same page of what that term is. C-L-U-T-R, cultural appropriation. Here we go. Cult, cultural appropriation, at times also phrased as cultural misappropriation, is the adoption of elements of one culture by members of another culture. I'm trying to see if there's like a better way to do that. I didn't like love that definition. Uh, cultural appropriation is the act of adopting elements outside, often minority cultures, including knowledge, practices, and symbols, without understanding or respecting the original culture and context. Okay, that's probably to me a better a better definition. And I forget when cultural appropriation started to become so big. I think it was actually when was it when they were casting it was some like Asian film and they were casting white people as the characters. That's like the first time I can remember it really being a, um, being a thing. Now, let me tell you when the next time cultural appropriation came into my view was when we were designing our, our remodeled bathrooms and I live in a Spanish style house. And so one thing that I really wanted to do was stay with the, um, the theme, theme of the house, and I wanted to put Spanish tile in the house. And my ex-wife was like, I don't know if we should do that. It feels a little like cultural appropriation. Um, even things like, because I really, I truly wanted to keep everything like in the Spanish style of the house, including like going to buy some of those uh, really pretty vases that they sell in Mexico. But I wasn't going to buy them from Mexico. But you know what I'm talking about? The really pretty, big, colorful ones that have painting all over them. Uh, I love those. They're beautiful. And my wife, once again, ex-wife was like, uh, it doesn't feel right. Like if we're going to buy these, we should go to Mexico and buy them authentically. And to me, it was almost like, this is, this is crazy. Okay. At the, at the time, then we started getting into, uh, just as a culture. I remember when it was it last Halloween, the Halloween before where kids wanted to dress up as Moana, who is the Pacific Islander character from Disney. And some parents started getting upset, uh, saying that, you know, that that's not your cultural, that it's cultural appropriation. There's that term again, right? Same thing with, uh, who is the Asian Milan? Uh, the, the other one, um, you know, she is, uh, I think, Japanese, China. I don't know. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, but she's an Asian character and little girls are dressing up. I mean, these are the times that I remember the word cultural appropriation, coming up and then yesterday when i got 
you know, a couple of different comments saying that I am doing cultural appropriation, uh, I really had to think about what I had done. And I, I decided to take down the photo because I would not want to make, I don't think that my judgments should be the ones of how a culture should feel about how I'm acting. Like, I think it's kind of rude if I'm like, well, um, you know, you shouldn't be upset because, you know, uh, I'm, I, I want to celebrate the holiday and this is how I want to do it. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of history there that I don't know, but I was just trying to, you know, celebrate the holiday. I truly love the Mexican culture. I've got so many friends here and I feel like my ex co-host parents are pretty much like my, my Mexican family. It's not like I'm completely ignorant to it. I'm not like some, you know, someone in South Dakota that's never seen a Mexican person before. I've been really entrenched in the culture now for a few years now. And I, and I truly love it. So if you know me well enough, you know, it wasn't com- from coming from anywhere bad, but are we at a place where we're not going to do that kind of stuff anymore? I was genuinely curious, like, was I in the wrong for putting on that outfit? And, you know, a lot of people started asking me the question of like, okay, well, if no one is Irish, then are we able to wear like green for St. Patrick's Day? Just asking questions here. Like, are you still able to do that? I mean, even down to the food, could we say that? Like, you can't eat Mexican food because you're not Mexican. I don't think we as a culture even know where that line is. And it, and it may as, as a white man, let's go back to that for a second. As a white man, it's hard to know where to draw that line, especially somebody that's in the public eye. And I'm just trying to have a fun time, right? Post a fun picture of just whitey over here and his, you know, his sombrero to me, it was like just kind of ha 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 silly white guy but I really upset a lot of people. I don't know where to draw the line on cultural appropriation. I I really, truly don't. And I struggle with it. So what I did was I asked on Instagram, listen, if you're Mexican, can you call the show? Because I want to know if I was in the wrong for wearing a sombrero and a poncho on Cinco de Mayo. Hey, Kramer, uh, Mexican-American calling here. Hey, man, you're not in the wrong for wearing the sombrero and that poncho. Of course not, man. You, you you can wear it. Ain't not a problem with you wearing that. You know, problem out there is people are so freaking sensitive. And uh, enough, man. And second of all, if I see any freaking Mexicans celebrating 4th of July, going to the park and watching the fireworks, I'm, I'm going to talk some crap, you know? This is the same thing you do, you do, right? Yeah, Cinco de Mayo is not like a cultural thing down there in, in Mexico, but then, then if it's not, then why are you getting offended about it? Shoot. You guys want to be sensitive and take sides? Then, all right, don't celebrate 4th of July or any other American holiday. Let's see who's on the right side here. Maybe I'm wrong. Shoot, I don't care, but... I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm entitled to wear whatever I want, celebrate whatever I want. If it's a problem with you, then, hey, look the other way. Anyway, Kramer, you're all good, man. Hey there, Kramer. This is Coco. I'm calling from San Diego. As a Hispanic woman, I don't take offense to it because I'm Mexican-American. But I think in today's age, I think as Hispanics, in order to stop the prejudice and the biases, I think us as a culture... We need to rise above. I don't think you meant any ill intent, um, especially right now. 
I took it more of a, you're embracing the culture, you're embracing whatever it is that you felt um, that you needed to put it on or to post or to embrace or whatever the case may be. Um, But I feel like as a society and being Hispanic, you weren't doing anything that was degrading or demeaning or trying to demise the culture. This is just something that we should all know that the gringos, let's just put it there, in any culture outside of the Hispanic culture, I mean, people get lit. People want to celebrate. People want to get drunk. We know this as an American culture. So why some people get offended, I'm not quite sure, but I did see that someone did call you an asshole and it's okay to demise, it's okay to voice your opinion, it's okay to back your culture up, or whatever it is that you may feel. But once you start degrading the other person that is you feel is degrading your culture, you in turn did the same thing. Hey Kramer, it's Michelle calling from San Diego. I'm first generation Mexican American. Um, I'd like to just refer to myself as Mexican. Um, I think that Cinco de Mayo is generally used by the dominant culture, or a.k.a. white people in the U.S., as an excuse to party. But while they do this, they also ignorantly wear sombreros, sarapes, mustaches, while uh, they eat tacos, nachos, enchiladas, and they also drink tequila, margaritas, and other Mexican beer. The problem with this is parts of my culture are being exploited while there is no apparent effort to learn more about it. And not to get too political, um, and I know this can't be generalized to you, to all white people or all conservatives, and et cetera. Uh, but the same people saying happy Cinco de Drinco and doing what I described above are also people who are saying or were saying build the wall and just generally being prejudiced and discriminatory against Mexicans. So this double standard is the real issue for me. So while I don't necessarily think you're right to wear what you wore in your post, I'm not offended, and I appreciate you learning a little bit more about the Battle of Puebla and its significance to Mexico. I think it's okay to appreciate a culture and learn about the different things that make it so special, while at the same time acknowledging that you have an inherent privilege just for being white and part of the dominant society. Also, from my experience, my family in Mexico isn't offended by what Americans do for Cinco de Mayo. The people that are bothered by it are Mexican-Americans like myself or other Mexicans living in the U.S. who constantly feel the need to have to defend their culture, especially recently with our current political climate. So uh, those are my thoughts. Um, I love listening to you on 933. I love your podcast now, and I look forward to listening to you and your mom daily. Thank you for sharing your life with us. Um, Keep up the great work. Thanks. Bye. 888-Kramer8 is the show's phone number, 888-Kramer8, 888-K-R-A-M-E-R-8. I would love for your feedback. Um, I don't care what race you are. I mean, I don't think white we as white people have any room to speak. I mean, unless you're Irish, right? Like, can't Irish people, if you're Irish, is it, like, offensive? But let's just take Mexican, for example. Like, can I, can, like, or do you think we'll get to a point where we can't go to Mexican restaurants because we're not Mexican. I'm, I'm genuinely asking this question, like thinking for here, trying to be progressive as humanly possible and, and not offensive. I don't think we know the line of like, where, like where is cultural appropriation 
and part of me feels bad and part of me feels frustrated. I'm somewhere in between those two because I obviously would never want to do anything to upset anybody, right? I'm okay with pushing buttons. That was not one of those that I was like my my point. I did not want to push any buttons, especially over race or sexuality or anything like that. I would never want to make somebody feel less than for any reason whatsoever. Okay, let's get into some good news here. All right, let's turn the show back around, shall we? Um, I know a lot of you guys are self-isolating right now or probably forcing yourself to isolate. Um, And most of you guys who are working are having to do these Zoom meetings, right? Um, So this is one of the most creative things I've seen so far that made me smile um, was there is a animal shelter here in California. It's a sweet farm animal shelter, a nonprofit sanctuary started by a Silicon tech, uh, Silicon Valley tech employee who is using its animals daily empty schedules to inject humor into hundreds of business meetings taking place by necessity. Now over zoom, Google hangout or other video chats. Pretty much what happens is the teleconference organizers can contact Sweet Farms, and for less than $100, uh, you can have one of their farm animals make an appearance during your next video call conference. <laughs> I'm going to link to this story because it's actually it's really funny. Uh, the initiative is known as Goat to Meeting, which is a pun, of course, on the Go to Meeting. Uh, not only goats are available, though, you can arrange visits from a, a turkey or sheep or a pig or llamas as well. And if that sounds fun for you, it's a great way to give back to to these animals. Uh, you can go to sweetfarm.org slash goat dash two, the numbers dash meeting. And I'll put a link to it over in the show notes for you. And shout out to Nike. So after designing a special athletic shoe for healthcare workers that can withstand 12 hour shifts, Nike is donating 30,000 pairs to hospitals across the, uh, the U.S. and 2,500 to hospitals in Europe. I'm not sure why we get so many more than they do, but maybe we have more hospitals. Uh, the company is also sending more than 10,000 additional apparel items, including compression socks, like, uh, sorry, and sportswear kits as a thank you to the frontline workers. These Nikes, which are the Air Zoom Pulse released back in November, uh, they're described as the first shoe designed for healthcare athletes and everyday hero. Also want to mention that Nike has provided more than 290,000 pieces of personal protective equipment and 250,000 disposable face masks to hospitals across the U.S. So shout out to Nike. And here's how I want to end today's show, because I hope that our discussion about race, which I'm I'm really good about talking about race. I'd, I'd feel uncomfortable because I don't want to upset anybody. I do feel like things are really sensitive. Um, but one thing that I love to do is to be able to make fun of my own race. I think you have to. You have to be able to laugh at your own race or your own sex or your own people, your own California people. What up, bro? You know, like you got to be able to just laugh at some of these things, man. So I want to end today with George Lopez talking about white dudes in the family. And you see more white dudes in our family now. Every family's got like a white dude. There's somebody. Right, you got one? It's probably you up. But give the kids names that are not going to embarrass them later on in life. You know what I mean? Brittany Gonzalez is not going to help anybody later on in life. Cody Gutierrez. That 
Do not ever name a Mexican kid Cody, man, unless you want him to get his ass kicked every day in school. We need more Socorros and, De and Dolores and Bonifacios. We need some Rogelios and Cucos and shit. We need all right, have a fantastic weekend. Hey, check out the uh, the More Mama Boy podcast and let me know what you think. Uh, let me know if you like doing these kind of in-depth ones or if you think I should have shortened that and just put it into one, uh, one you know, just one long episode for today. Uh, yeah, it's your podcast too, you know, so I appreciate you. Hope we can calm everything down um, from the Instagram stuff and start again tomorrow with dating disasters and who knows what else, man. Talk to you then. Goodbye. Hi, Kramer. So... I am Mexican and I did not think that that picture was like offensive at all. I think people just get their feelings hurt or want to find something to like feel offended by. Um, I honestly don't think like you're racist or anything like that. So, and I don't think that you're doing it in any like bad way. Um, I know that you're like a really good guy and just sometimes you do stuff and not know that it offends people which no one's going to ever be like completely happy you're always going to find somebody to, to find like a bad in every situation so just keep being you and i love your podcast thank you hello kramer this is isabel from san diego i am a mexican mom um i have a 15 and 20 year old and no i don't think you did anything wrong at all by wearing the poncho and the sombrero even if you wanted to wear boots and be hitting a piñata, who cares, dude? You look cool. <laughs> so, no, not in the wrong at all. All right, love you. Talk to you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever. <laughs>